Greetings, and welcome to the 80 Level Roundtable Podcast. In each episode, host Kirill Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast. I want to thank you for joining me today and um, maybe we could start with a little introductions so you could tell us a little bit about your team, uh, what do you guys do, what project are you currently working on? Uh, okay, our name 1C Game Studios, Moscow, Russia. And uh, we are known just for two projects, uh, for three projects. First one was hardcore flight sim about World War One, calling Rise of Flight. And this was a free to play flight sim. Uh, still can be downloaded in uh, during Steam. And the second one was Isle to Sturmovik, also hardcore flight sim, but about World War II. And this is the first point we are connected with 1C and start working together and, uh, and change name for 1C Game Studios. And the third one, now Culver, free to play tactical pace, sure. Uh, and basically that's all. So right now we are working under two titles, Culver and Ilter Starbreak. Cool. I heard a lot about Caliber, and I actually, I think I was following a little bit of your, some of your YouTube recordings, Albert, when you were kind of doing these conversations with your HR, some of your community manager. It was very interesting to kind of get into the depths and understand how the game was built. So what is Caliber? Is this, um, I understand that this is like a hardcore shooter. How is it different from all the other, because the competition is pretty tight there. How is it different from like Escape from Tarkov or maybe some of the other titles, more casual, not as hardcore? What are like the main differentiation points? Uh, we have four different developers here, all of them working on Caliber, and I hope all of them have their own opinion about the difference, yes? And this is cool for us, I think. Uh, from my point of view, at first, nothing hardcore here. So this is very, very, I can call it softcore, because yes, it's challenging. And if you play PvP, of course, PvP uh, based on what type of enemies, yes, what type of players playing against you. In PvE, it's much more easy and accessible, so no any hardcore. The only thing maybe uh, uh, I can call realistic, if we speak about how our game looking, yes, uh, look and feel. Uh, realistic, yes, the right type of armament, right type, type of equipment, all of this, yes. But gameplay, nothing hardcore. This is just fun in co-op mode with your friends, in team, in team of four, so nothing about hardcore. And the last point from me, um, uh, as you know, uh, in a flight sim, in a hardcore flight sim, this is basically no room for creativity because you're based on a history and history, something that's already been present. Yes. And we have a lot of books and this is why it's not easy to find place to do something new. This is why we want so much to create something opposite to hardcore uh, game type. Yes, this is why we start working on Color to have this creative freedom. I, I think uh, that uh, Andre, uh, Vladimir and Nikita have their own opinions. So, guys. Well, I can't, I can't uh, agree with you about our main difference that uh, we are not so hardcore, we're somewhat more mid-core. Uh, 
uh, I don't know about softcore, <laughs> but maybe 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 midcore uh, and. Uh, uh, our uh, USPs were very, uh, very uh, slow-paced shooter, not like Call of Duty or Battlefield uh, action-packed. We're more like tactical, and uh, to be efficient player in our uh, game, you must to cooperate with the rest of your team. So your solo skill matters, especially in PvP, but uh, it matters not so much uh, as in other shooters. So if you want to win. Uh, you got to play as a team and I think it's one of our most uh, strong USPs actually uh, yeah I'd say that's us say the the uh, the most hardcore-ish thing that we have in the game uh, I mean it being tactical so uh, things like time to kill um, or ability to heal yourself are describing the game not as a extremely hardcore one. So your comparison to the escape from Tarkov mm, uh, sounded surprising because you know uh, the game is completely different from it, and we we never aimed at uh, competing with a with the EFT, for instance. Uh, but it is tactical. It is very. Uh, team-based, team-dependent, uh, and uh, such gameplay decisions like uh, uh, no response or um, pretty short time to kill, and of course being dependent on your team's behavior and the size of the team, which is four by four. We have only four players in the team. Uh, make it kind of hardcore-ish, but not in the ways of accessibility. It's a third-person uh, third view. It's, it cannot be as hardcore as the first-person shooters. So thank you for um, kind of describing what it is all about, because I thought it was a little bit more on the, uh, you know, get a headshot in the head and then wait for half an hour till you respond. Um, I have a question. So, is, so first of all, the game is based on your own tech, right? So it's it's the engine that you've developed, or is this some kind of technology that you've reused from one S's previous projects, or is this your own development, or is this some, something that you bought or licensed? Can you talk a little bit about the technical background that's kind of like the core of the game? Uh, yeah, sure. As a lead developer, I can, guess, um, elaborate a little bit uh, on that. Uh, basically, to, take, to make a long story short, this uh, Unity game engine is a, basically a render pipeline and only a render pipeline. And what is here, in my opinion, is important to understand is that Unity actually provides the developers with uh, much more than that, but mm, much more than just simply rendering kind of thing. So we we did a lot of experimenting with this technology and we um, were mostly, um, I would say, not as happy as we could with those technologies. Uh, we were left with the impression that um, these technologies are not that much ready for a kind of a serious AAA development as we consider ourselves uh, technology-wise. And um, what we decided to do is we, we understood that we need to just uh, build a lot of things just simply from scratch. And that doesn't mean that um, there was like our, our first iteration. We have a lot of experience. Uh, um, many of our engineers worked on a complex projects before, but uh, as a whole team, we're, this is our first project. And uh, we basically... Uh, have a lot of our own in-house solutions and these solutions the main goal here is to like as, as you may have um, understood already is that we have a lot of creative ambitions in, in development of our project and as a like tech guy here I need to support my team in this endeavor and I need to uh, give them opportunity to be as, as creative as possible and to make those creative iterations 
as cheap as possible. So you have to make a lot of iterations. And for instance, uh, after one month of development, uh, our players have a new update and they just don't know how many iterations we made. Maybe it was just a few iterations and then the quality of content will be low, basically, because um, the, we were, we understand that there is no surprises. We, we need to make a lot of iterations to make something good. We need to like make fine, like fine refinements of these kind of things. And um, we, th there is, this is why we, almost all of our tech is in-house solution. We use plain C-sharp on our server side. So this also makes a hosting kind of thing much cheaper for us. Vladimir, so you were kind of started with Unity, but then you developed a lot of your own custom tech and then kind of the game is basically like your own. So in terms of technology, I mean, and obviously the reasoning that you gave behind it makes sense because you need to have more creative control and plus this is your game, plus this is an online game. So there's a lot of back and forth within the client and server and you have to develop all that. But um, uh, Unity also has a very large library of different like SDKs and all the other like plugins, APIs and stuff that you can download directly from Unity Asset Store or from Unity or from their uh, forums and the community and so on. My question is, when you were developing a lot of your own solutions, is this because you haven't found anything uh, available that kind of fit your needs? Or is this more um, because you weren't really looking and you were just, you know, your strategy was to kind of build everything yourself to reuse maybe and so on? Um, well, that's uh, first of all, that is, that is actually a very good question. And we did a lot of uh, research into what kind of solutions already exist because um, there is such a problem in immature uh, teams where people just are unable to deep dive into some technology and they're just were much happier developing their own kind of thing. And that's uh, kind of a sad, sad story usually because um, the quality of this solution will not be that um, that good. But we are, on, on, in my opinion, are on another other side of this kind of equation. We we are where uh, we, we deeply understand what um, our requirements for our business are, and we, we uh, understand that those made already made solutions um, are not as good. For instance, there may be some licensing licensing problems or the quality, simply the quality of the code may be not as good. We see that like um, getting some plugin and installing into our project greatly jeopardizes the quality of our, and our project and stability of our project. And so basically, once you like decide what will it cost for me to develop a in-game browser, for instance, you realize that you're not going to build a browser from scratch. There are already nice solutions, but you still need to write some sort of a like medium-ware between uh, C++ code and uh, industry-based uh, solution and your, your own kind of project. So we did a lot of research, basically, but we were still very um, unhappy with um, with the quality, and I have an opinion about why those uh, like this, why my world is uh, going um, in this direction. But uh, I think it should be left out of the scope of this conversation. I have I have a couple more words about this. Yes, I. From producer side, yes, I also can say yes, this is part of the strategy because it's based on your goals, yes, you want to accomplish. And I try to build studio, yes, studio, it's a bigger thing than just project or just couple of projects, yes. And uh, this is why I prefer to, to uh, provide time for guys uh, and they can create something that can be understandable, yes, after month or year, and it's much more easy to onboard new people in studio because, as guys mentioned, uh, this project, 
and team for this project building from scratch. Like at the beginning, we have just five developers for first prototype. And right now we have 80. Yes, so everyone uh, can be found uh, on market and onboarding. And then we are onboarding programmer. It's much, much easier than he can work with something clear, understandable, readable for ourselves. And I hope that all of this invest investment uh, we're doing now can be uh, our big success in, in, in future. Sorry, I was on mute. So, uh, you know, they say if it's, it's not a real online conversation unless someone says you are on mute. So now we are like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually heard another, uh, that's like a very interesting topic because um, if you if you go online and you look on anything that Unity says, like when they're presenting anything and so on, they are usually saying it's all about like democratization of the development, making sure that the, to build games it becomes easier and the tools are more readily available. But I actually talk with a lot of different developers and they have different opinions and some of them have opinion exactly like yours. When even though there are solutions available, so first of all, the quality is not there or rather not even the quality, but how it fits into whatever you're building, right? Because every project is a little bit different and you have like different goals, different monetization, visuals, graphics, you know, that kind of stuff. And another thing they uh, often pops up and I want to kind of hear what do you think about it is the solutions that are available uh, on the market and uh, are created by someone, um, they're not they're not updated as often as you would like them to be updated because you might get stuck with some solution that you feel is good and it feels like anything that you need to do like for you know for making the sure sure that the, the game works online and um, then it's not being updated so you kind of stuck with it and then you kind of at the same time you still need to do your own development you still need to update it yourself because whenever they release it later down the road you might be already you know ways ahead and you just you know you can't use it. And that's one of the reasons. What do you think about it? That's, that's uh, actually, in my opinion, is very, very good point. And uh, I can even tell you some stories about like um, how we uh, are forced to mitigate this problem. For instance, um, I mean, I'm sorry if, if, if I might deep dive a little bit into the technical details, but uh, since a C-sharp is a, uh, um, even though it's a, a static language, but still you can use all crazy kind of reflection things to uh, get into guts of the code and to get, get, get inside the guts of the uh, dynamic library that you are accessing. We are still able to take some uh, libraries, just as you said, that, that are not longer being uh, developed and uh, unupdated, and we're still like you know uh, rewiring. The insights of the library to work as we want it to work and this is kind of a big problem so yes and in my opinion um, the main issue here is um, that th the game development is business but now like developing tools for development is also a business and th this is the crazy problem because this is where marketing comes in and uh, this whole story about all these like DLLs and plug and play, and you just hit a couple buttons, and here you have it, this new new game, new mechanic. This is actually becomes not a story of a low level development uh, of the game. It becomes a story of marketing, and that is uh, basically these two huge titans, such as Unity and Unreal, are really such as fighting between each other. And the unfortunate thing is that developers here, software engineers, those who deliver real value to our uh, end customer, which is player, right? we become uh, just a material. We're just working material here. And um, this is kind of an unfortunate state of affairs currently, but this is um, something that yeah, you have to deal with. And that is why, for instance, when you see uh, even visually amazing games, such as, for instance, 
audio isolation. You just take this game and you see, wow, this, this visually it's just looks stunning. But when you start to realize oh, what kind of technology they use, you see that it's it's just C plus plus, and that's it. And um, this is because you're unable to uh, tailor your engine so tightly to your product requirements, and that is big big issue here. But I'm very thankful for Unity. Uh, two points. First point: if you start to build your team, you of course want someone teach people basics and this is their unity are very good they they, they they do a lot of amazing job in russia if we're speaking about russia so for now i just say i can say on market i need a unity developer this means he already known elementors uh, element things like uh you know ui how things working how to work with, this uh, part of the engine. Uh, and the, the second point, very close to the first one, Unity from the box, amazing educational product, I see. So for now, this is not just a closed super hype club. We're doing games as it was like 10 years ago. Uh, so right now, everybody can try and maybe if anyone interesting, they can say, I want to do a career in a game development and welcome, of course, with your basics, you can be onboarding much, much faster than in the previous years. Thank you, Albert, and thank you, Vladimir. Vladimir, I also have like a last one question about this, and then we'll move more into the business side, and then you guys can pitch in more. So you mentioned that you did a lot of research when you were kind of looking at the existing solutions and you know looking around. Would you recommend some of the, some some way to approach this? And how do you research these things? Do you just go on like Unity Asset Store and just you know have a look at whatever is available there and just read the comments, or do you go to GitHub? Or do you go just to some forums or you ask around in your own circle? Because I know like internal um, references are also super important in the development community. And, you know, some friends might be using this and you might be interested in how do you kind of look for these little pieces that might become useful for you? Um, well, first of all, um, everything you mentioned is true and you can use that, but also one of the things that weren't mentioned is that um, Unity has a package manager and basically a way of installing new things. So, so you have basically two sources um, for plugins in Unity and you have your uh, Unity Asset Store, but also you have um, package manager. and. What is cool about package package manager is that um, once once this package is installed, you can basically browse into this uh, folder and you can see the, the actual code that Unity wrote. And what is uh, and that is great great source for like inspiration and to understanding where where things are going. Because um, when you are researching through, for instance, YouTube videos, you see this great marketing facade. You have these great visuals, you have uh, some nice guy telling you about how this technology is great and good and how it's easy and how it's one or two clicks away or, or away from success, whatever. But, but still, once you start, start to deep dive into the code and you see some left out to-dos or some crazy entanglement, uh, crazy coupling of classes, once you see that cohesion um, is very low in, in the code and you see that that is um, that is basically big mass, and and as a technical um, person, as, as as someone who is responsible for quality of your and stability of your product, you start thinking and questioning yourself um, whether I will be able to be um, responsible, whether I'm going to be responsible in my team, the only actually person who is responsible uh, for. Um, adding this code in, into our code base, and usually our question, our answer is no. And the only reason is that uh, we usually add some code into our code base 
is something that Alberto already mentioned, is that uh, we see that some people in the market uh, are already familiar with the, with the exact technology, with, with this very um, plugin, for instance, Unity Timeline for creating cutscenes. People are already familiar how to use that. So we would rather take this technology and we still have some crazy, crazy uh, fixes inside this technology. But we're still going to do down this path rather than just creating our own in-house solution and teach uh, people from scratch. And a lot of difference uh, about what stage your project uh, for now, yes? Then the starting this project, we don't understand what we need to do. So we need a lot of prototypes, like every couple of months. Uh, and some of these prototypes dramatically um, different from the previous one. And this is the place that market or I, I mean unity, a uh, set market, and all things take place because they can provide you much more faster speed, yes, for development. And after this creative process, uh, then you realize and understand what you really want to do, how much players you, you, you plan to have in a team, how much players you need in one room on server, and a lot of different like, things uh, Yes, this is a place there you can uh, find uh, elements you can redon for better, you know, like better performance or better graphics. Yeah, th thank you guys. I think this is a very good. Uh, I mean, it's. I, I think it's kind of obvious, but I, it's obvious for um, like experienced developers who already launched a couple of titles because it's. Uh, it's uh, I really like Vladimir's. Vladimir is like a true tech uh, tech guy. He like you you go on YouTube and they feed you a lot of rubbish. Although it looks good, it might not always work for whatever you're trying to achieve. And I I, I kind of agree with that. So let us switch gears a little bit and go more into. I want to talk a little bit more about monetization mechanics and um, how do you actually sell this game i think it's super important in a community not a lot of people understand that there's actually math not in not the code but math math like a excel sheet behind the economics of the game and how you want to sell it and uh, how you want to acquire users and so on so like in a very in a very general question so when you when you kind of started development and uh, you you understood that this is going to be like a free-to-play online uh, title. What were the main monetization mechanics that were like at the core of what you were building? How did you decide to integrate those mechanics and marrying them with the actual gameplay so they kind of you know work together well? Uh, well, I wasn't there from the start, uh, but uh, as far as I uh, reckon, uh, basic monetization mechanics were all about uh, uh, collecting operators, our game characters. So uh, there were no pay to win, and there's still no pay to win actually. Uh, all monetization was all about uh, you uh, buying your operator, uh, you progressing with this operator through its uh, experience uh, levels and then you buy another one and then you buy another one and progress with another one etc etc uh, but lately uh, around maybe a year ago uh, last winter actually uh, we've relaunched uh, our game with some new monetization features uh, we already had by this moment some in-game events like battle pass, uh, like uh, in-game marathons, uh, uh, which featured uh, some additional uh, monetization mechanics like proxy currencies, etc., etc. So, uh, and uh, uh, lately, last winter, we actually added uh, some additional uh, proxy currencies into the operator progression. So before that, uh, you needed just two things to progress your operator. You needed game experience, so you have to play with this operator in our game. And you needed uh, soft currency, uh, which you could also obtain by playing our game. So for every uh, played match. 
but uh, last winter we added additional proxy currencies. Now uh, there are slightly more um, resources that you will need to progress with the operator, and you will have to earn them uh, also by playing the game. Uh, but they not uh, they're not obtained that easily like uh, soft currency, of course. And there was a lot of randomness in this uh, game system. And of course, players were not very happy about it. So we're not only slow down the progression of the rater by introducing new currencies and new requirements of progression, but we also added this randomness. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, speaking of math, uh, it's pretty honest. Uh, it's completely honest uh, game system. Um, from the point of view of uh, clean mathematics. But the thing is, uh, players are not thinking about like that. So you can't say to a player, guys, this is a clean, pure math. There no, no uh, under-table game. So. But they, they won't believe you. They always will think that uh, you as a developer had something tuned up, that they won't have the resources they really need. So it's like... Uh, uh, a lot of conspiracy theories among our community, actually, uh, and uh, it's all false, actually. It's all clean math. It's not a very, um, not very good game design decision, uh, because good randomness, it's actually calculated randomness, right? So you, can, you have to play uh, by the player. You will have to actually help him uh, to get what he needs, to get what he wants. Uh, but uh, honest Matt won't do that. Honest Matt is honest Matt. <laughs> uh, that's because right now uh, we're working on um, slight rework of this system. We're decreasing uh, the randomness uh, in uh, uh, progressing uh, with the, those additional materials, and we will uh, release this rework very soon at the end of the August. Uh, so basically, uh, Returning to our list of monetization mechanics, uh, we have in-game events. We still have uh, operators that you can buy uh, with soft currency or hard currency. Uh, and we still a lot of uh, visual customization, just like animations, uh, skin sets, camouflages, uh, etc., etc. Uh, and that's pretty so. Progression, visualization, new operators, in-game events. Our four uh, pillars of uh, game design monetization. Then you're doing free-to-play. You need to understand that it's good if like 7% or 10% or 5% from all your audience are buying something. Yes, this is very important because a lot of people think that a free-to-play is some kind of new oil, like you dig in a hole and after this you, you just only need to find new box for money. Uh, of course not. And, and a lot of, for now, we have a lot of different ideas how to monetize free-to-play. Yes, a pay-to-win, very obvious, obvious thing if you speak about Asia models yes if you want to if you want more you, you want a be, be best gun or, or best armor you just pay it's okay uh, but it's not okay for western uh, people yes because everybody want a fair play uh, so our idea from beginning was very simple time or money if you have have time like you're a student yes you have a lot of time usually you don't have money because you're a student so you can uh try to collect what you want from the game uh, from the game uh investing a lot of time it's okay in the second hand we have like, like people like me like 40 42 years old of course i don't have time because i have job yes and family so but i have money so this is the second way how i can obtain something from the game and this balance between time and money for us essential idea in our monetization and it's 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 okay i believe in this model 
so I believe that you can create a free-to-play model that's fair for players and developers, of course. Uh, guys, I have like a, two questions in one. Because um, then we are kind of running out of time. I still have a lot to uh, that's interesting to learn. Um, when you're thinking about these mechanics and when you're uh, looking at different ways how you can monetize your users, as you said, like those 7% who are actually willing to pay, um, how do you find these mechanics? Do you look at the, the available games on the market? Do you base this on your previous experience with other games or like where do you get this information that for example and maybe you can elaborate a little bit on this why do you why, why do battle passes work what why do they make sense in this kind of project like how do you make this do you do some tests um do you read some magazines i don't know like where do you get this information that you understand that it works uh, well, actually, it's a little bit of all, everything. So it's a previous experience. There are some uh, best practices on the market. So if you're a game designer, you know how to do things and earn money. With some mechanics, you know how they work uh, in general. And you can apply this uh, exact mechanic in your game, and you can then uh, watch your uh, statistics uh, watch your KPIs and understand uh, is this mechanic uh, doing well or not. And later you can uh, adjust uh, or tune this mechanic to make it uh, work better, actually. So the battle pass is a pretty common thing. Um, right now, like almost every game uh, have a battle pass. Uh, so it's pretty common mechanic. Uh, all players are familiar with it. Uh, players uh, know how to interact with this, so it's not a big problem. Uh, Nikita, sorry to interrupt. Why is it beneficial for the developer? Because we're kind of trying to educate the uh, we're trying to educate the audience. So can you explain like why is uh, why are battle passes great for your bottom line? Like when you're like a, a, you're building a business, not just like a idol. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple way to sell uh, the content for your players. So players are already familiar with that. They're uh, more likely to buy it from you. So it's like not uh, I'm coming to the new game. They have a very complex event that involves a lot of in-game mechanics. And you're like, oh, my, my God, there's like 20 in-game currencies. I have no idea about what's going on. And on the other hand, you have a battle pass. It's pretty common mechanic. It may uh uh vary uh, from game to game but uh the basic simple ba basic simple is uh, always the same so just play the game you invest your time uh in the game you uh, receive uh, some content in reward and if you uh didn't pay money you receive uh this content uh less in value and uh, maybe more slower and if you're paid for the uh, premium battle pass uh, you will receive a lot more content maybe you'll get it faster so uh why do developers love it because it's simple you won't have to come up uh, to come up with some crazy idea you won't have to uh explain uh this idea to the players so you, you say hey guy uh here we we have battle pass you can play it, you can buy it. And uh, every player on this planet will likely, okay, I know what is it. Uh, I know, uh, do I want to pay in this game uh, for Battle Pass or I don't? There is no no complexity uh, complexity in describing what's it all about. Every player knows it. It needs no additional marketing or some explanation. 90% we use in best practice and on 10%, you need some kind of invention, some kind of to be innovative. But if you try to be innovative in 100%, you need to have budget to explain this. This is the problem for newcomers, for new developers. They're trying to find something amazing you never done before. Uh, and nobody understands that you basically need also to, to educate everybody. Yes. So, like 90 on, on 10, I think. Mm -hmm. So, how, 
how do you um so th thank you for this explanation and I, I totally agree with you that you don't need to reinvent the the wheel all, all the time sometimes you can use whatever is available and be successful with it so how do you actually sell the game so um and that's a very important question for for the audience because um if you speak with most of the developers who are coming in, um, online or building the title, even if they're building online titles, in the majority of cases, they go on a platform. They go on Steam or they go to Epic Online, uh, Epic Store, or you know PlayStation and so on and so forth. So how do you approach this? Do you build your own platform? Do you have your own launcher? um how do you work with your store it, it, i know it's on the web that's also an important question and um why do you make this decision like explain the reasoning why do you decide to, to go this way and not the other way and why that's that's super important for just like to just for people to understand andre uh, well, yeah, we are sort of, not sort of, we're actually uh, independent in those business terms. And uh, like you said, we do have uh, uh, our own launcher for the game and there's only one title in it. It's Calibre, obviously. Uh, and there's the playcalibre.com, the website which also serves as the landing and a place where you can um, contact the customer support and where the store is located. So we we're not using any someone's platform. Uh, we we're we're on our own, and um, I think the uh, the best answer why we do why we chose that way um, is for Albert to say. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, uh, and I speak for myself and for 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 the colleagues I whose opinion I know um, we're glad about it. Uh, I mean, we've had some experience um, with the Wargaming, uh, who's been our publisher for, for a year and a half, and then we split. And um, as far as I know, nobody's regretting it. Uh, it's, um, it gave us much more challenges, much more uh, things to learn and to do for the first time and to then fix and uh, learn and do once again. Uh, but this is, a, it turns out to be a great feeling to be an indie, you know, uh, also because it's given some, some experiences that you might have never gotten any other way. Um, the basic answer, because we want all money from our users because all of this money we want to invest to create something new yes this is how the service game works uh, every two months you need to surprise your audience with anything yes maybe new content new game mechanics so this is not like we build game put it on the store and waiting forever like the, the, the long tail of, of uh, all sales here yeah, after this 25%, 75%. Uh, we are believe ourselves a little bit more maybe than other developers. So we believe that in the world we have our own audience. Yes, okay. And, and this is need to understand. It's much more hard to find it. Of course, because you cannot use all of these millions and millions of accounts, uh, which can be used if you work with platform. But what is platform, really? This is just the first page. Yes, the same as a shell on, on a store. If you, if you can find way how to put your project on this shelf, on, on, the, on the first page, okay, maybe you have chance uh, to success and we have like thousands games publishing every day so this is this is noisy uh like crowdy um ocean and then you trying to do this for yourself it's harder but it's much more loyal for you your i mean your players yes and uh, this is like on on a tv time this is a separate button this is your channel 
This is why it's so important. And and as Andre say, uh, says, very, very important to be faster on this market. You need to be fast. So no any obstacles. Uh, you don't need to speak a lot with a platform, what you can do or what you can do. You can do whatever you want to find your way uh, for success. But as, as I need to say, it's much uh, more... Mm, uh, it's much more you need more money for this basically because you need to do your marketing by yourself so you need to think about budget from day one uh what you uh, want to do and how you can do so maybe uh, for small team i can say platform uh the only option or best option but if you understand what you want maybe you can find your own way Albert, you basically kind of keyed in, uh, in in the next question that I had. So, um, how do you how do you reach to your audience? How do you market uh, the game? What are like the channels that you are using? And um, how do you make how do you make them efficient? I think that's one of the big questions. And what are those channels that you feel like work best for you, like for your game? If you find somebody who can uh, answer these questions, so please provide my business card because I want this guy in my team. So basically, nobody knows. A lot of rumors, a lot of people are doing books about this, films about this. My personal opin opinion, nobody knows because the world changed rapidly every like minute. And you can do something strange on the internet and you need it. You need to be very strange, yes, uh, to uh, to grab some attention, yes. So nobody knows. Uh, every year, new developer uh, find a huge success, and after this, say how they do this. But before this, nobody knows. And for us, we just starting this process because at the beginning, we just always doing MVP, yes, minimal available product and this is my suggest what you need to do so never wait uh for your game to be super amazing yes uh um immediately after you understand that you have something players can play and can buy something from you you need to open access maybe through criticism maybe through anything but this is essential idea i think for now so you need to open access and open payments as soon as possible and uh, this is one thing the second uh, thing um it's hard in, in the modern world it, it's hard because everything a uh, great critics in in internet so do not afraid it's okay for all new titles to be criticized at the beginning you just need time so you need to say okay guys i understand you don't believe you uh, don't believe me but i'm developer i want to do this game and after maybe month or two or three everybody start to believe you because Every month you do an update, you're working with your bugs, you're working with uh, feedback, you're doing something. This is how core audience build. And uh, this is the most important thing to build a core audience. So how, I don't know, because we just for now starting this process. Uh, and we are very, uh, very lucky guys because most of the audience we um, uh, we asking to try alphas and betas still play game. This is our core community. Um, yeah, Albert. So um, alphas, betas. Uh, how do you invite users there? How do you get to them? Do you just market on social media? I know that you were like on big events, you had these arenas when you showed the caliber to titles when you were working with Wargaming, or maybe before that, I don't, I don't really remember. So in order to attract this first core customers, do you need to work with a publisher or do you just go on Google, buy some, invest some money there and just promote your landing page and that's enough or, or do a streamer? Or or do something else. Like what are like the things that you tried in the beginning? 
um, ask me next year because uh, to be honest most of marketing uh, steps uh, was done by wargaming yes at the first year so i just don't have enough experience to be like wise old uh, we don't know we we already try a lot of things but we still preparing for like huge uh, marketing push or whatever we want to call it. So for now, it's not our experience. It's a bargaining experience. But maybe Andre or Nikita want to put something. No, well, I totally agree with your prognosis about to next year's uh, talk about how we are going to promote the game because what has been done uh, was the what gaming's job and um, uh, I'm not sure we have all the 100% information about what exactly they did and how they spent the publishing money. I don't know. But uh, we're, we're looking forward to doing it um, um, on our own with uh, resources that we have with the um, marketing management and community managers and um, our marketing analysts. And we'll see what we can do. Try to be profitable. Right. That's all. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. You need to understand. No, I mean, uh, I think you guys did a, an amazing job, and uh, I hope you all the best. I wish you all the best. I hope everything's going to be fine. Uh, when you do do your marketing, when you, we, when you do achieve success, I suggest we can do like a second uh, podcast and kind of talk about that experience because I think it's a whole different thing like developing a game and marketing a game those are like uh very different elements to it but, but they're both necessary in order to achieve success but anyway i want to thank you for sharing your time i know it's friday evening uh where you are so thank you for sharing that the piece of your <laughs> well-deserved friday evening with me and i wish you all the best and i uh, hope the game succeeds and it already looks great down, we'll leave the links to the website so anyone can enjoy, have a look, go and enjoy it. And uh, if you guys feel like you want to share uh, any of uh, your links, maybe you have a careers page, Albert, where you want to attract new people, we would be very happy to share it on, on our service. So maybe you'll find some interesting candidates that way. But anyway, uh, overall, thank you so much for your time and uh, hope we'll talk again sometime soon. Yeah, sure. Thank you for invitation, of course. Thank you, Thank you guys. Thank you for having us here. Yeah, see you. Bye. 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 Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80 Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80 Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv slash RFP. And share our podcast with friends and on your social networks. 